Welcome to Kingdom Family Talks with Leif Hetland. We invite you into the conversation and celebration of what God is doing around the world through his sons and daughters. Leif shares insights into what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus in today's culture. We hope you enjoy today's episode. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm so excited to be here with Dr. Leif Hetland, and I'm so excited for this new book to come out, Leif, uh, The Love Awakening, as you guys can see. It is being released on April 19th, and uh, I'm going to be asking you some questions around your new book, Leif. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. Um, this book has been endorsed by some incredible leaders, just uh, from Bill Johnson, Heidi Baker, Randy Clark, um, and, and I'm and I've, we've, as a staff, has also had the opportunity to go through this book. And I know we've all received an incredible upgrade in love uh, and just understanding of the Father's heart just by reading your book. Now, I think that the interesting thing is, uh, I, I think this is one of those books that I knew I was born to write. And uh, most of the people... They, they either know me as an ambassador of love mm-hmm. or somebody at least has been. For 21 years, something I've been pursuing. But I, I have been dreaming of having enough time to go into the ocean of love and getting all the nutrients of these 20 years together and put it together. But it was never time enough to be able to, to sharpen and focus until COVID-19 hit, the world shut down. We were in the middle of a, a racial tension and so much chaos. And in the middle of all of that, I had an opportunity to going into the secret place and just experiencing again the very love of the Father. And that brought me about to take the time and so almost about a year and a half just to be able to put words into it that now I'm able to be able to share as part of this beautiful love awakening. Mm-hmm. That is absolutely, I think that's incredible. Great timing, by the way, uh, especially in the midst of all this divi- uh, division that we see here in the United States with the racial tension that you just mentioned the uh, the mask mandates, the COVID-19, you know, do we wear masks, not wear masks? Do we get vaccinated, not vaccinated? There's been so much division on even the small things. Uh, and, you know, we see that divi- uh, this kind of division is created by hatred. It's created by fear. And, and you know, the word definitely says, you know, love, uh, conquer, perfect love conquers all fear. And so I think this is an absolutely timely book for such a great season. And, and I think people are really going to uh, pull a lot from this book. And I, I appreciate that. Now, it's, uh, I, I'm very excited because already the ones, not just that have endorsed it, but other people that has been part of this process when I've heard about the encounters mm-hmm. of love that they have in the middle of this journey. And for some of the different people, that how love has shaped them going through this material. Also with some of the coaching mm-hmm. questions that has helped us because many of the questions we say, is this right or is this wrong? Mm-hmm. Or is this good or is this bad? And that's good questions. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there's a question that is beyond that And that is, what does love require of me in this season? What does love require of me in this situation? So it's not so much about just being right or wrong, but what does love require of me? That is a totally different 
level of operating because when I'm suddenly starting to operate with love I have this radical Muslim that constantly was trying to stop me and everywhere I went he created stir and trouble and I was trying to figuring out what to do or what not to do instead of what does love require of me and when I tapped into the love and love suddenly doesn't see somebody the way they are but how they're going to be when you don't see the terrorist Saul but you see the Apostle Paul and you start to treat people based upon their death destiny instead of their history. When my environment changed, I became an environment changer and that person's environment changed. And today he's one of my greatest friends and the doors open up in his whole stream. And mm -hmm. it's just been incredible to watch how my environment changing became an environment changer in other people's life. And he has created such a beautiful openness. That's absolutely incredible because I think most people, when they feel the resistance from another, when they feel that division, the hatred, the, the fear from other people, what we tend to do is we get defensive, right? We put up our walls, we put up our shields, we, uh, we go back and attack them, but that's not how Jesus operates throughout the Bible. Um, could you just share with me, uh, with the Iman that you just mentioned, what, what did that look like? What did love require of you specifically in that? Because that really did open a lot of doors for the, the destiny that God has called you to. Yeah, I, I think it has started with just, uh, first of all, realizing that he was not the problem. He was a promise. Wow. And the way that I was seeing it had to change because with the lenses of love the tendency for me and i did it actually several times i started to operate in fear and i started to expect because that's what fear does that now he is about to attack me again and i need to have my walls up so i don't have to get hurt mm. because that's what i do but i realized when i went before the father and said papa god when you are looking at him what do you see when you are thinking about him what do you think and I realized the way the father was seeing it was different than I was seeing it. Then what I did is repent. That means I changed the way I think, the way I was viewing him. Took on my lenses and put on the lenses of love and started to look at him from a different perspective. Mm -hmm. That was one of the starting points. And then I started to bless him and I started to now just, I got so excited about the next mm -hmm. time I got to see him. He had not changed yet, but I had changed. And this is, I've, I've seen it in so many different relationships. That was one of those big ones that was one of the first lessons. Other times it comes in small different ones. When somebody just stole from me not long ago, how do I buy a nice gift to give them a gift and generosity back? Mm. Wow, that's a different way of operating. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I love what Jesus did in John 13 when he washed the feet of his disciple. He also washed the feet of Judas. Mm -hmm. For some people, that could be yeah. like one of my good, strong Republican friends is washing the feet of that Democrat neighbor. So I'm saying wow. that Jesus washed the feet of Judas, knowing that Judas is about to betray him. And Jesus says something. He said, as I have loved you. Mm. He didn't say you are just going to love, but as he has loved us, we're going to love one another. And eventually that's how the world is going to see wow. who we are by the way we love one another. And that's been one of my desires yeah. to love like Jesus. So when Barabbas, this terrorist, I mean, this terrorist deserves to be guilty. Jesus mm. comes and says, let me take his place so he can become free. Mm. That's normal Christian life. I think we've been mm. abnormal for so long when the normal is happening. 
we think it is abnormal. So that's kind of the starting point of this book is going back. What is love? How was the love between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? And, and how do they honor one another? Because love looks like something. It looks like honor. How do I honor people when they mm. dishonor me? And that started for me to be able to look at the way the Father honors the Son, mm-hmm. but also the Son honors the Father. How could Jesus be asleep in the middle of the boat? Because all he did is what he saw the Father do. Mm-hmm. How does it look like for you and I, that mm-hmm. when we start to do what we see the Father do, instead of what we feel or the culture have taught us to be us against them, well, we have two options. You're either for or against Masco. You're for this political party or that. They always give mm. us two options. Now, there's a third option. It's called love. I love that. Uh, you know, there's, some, there's a principle that you taught me that I've begun to really um, practice it in my life. And, and, and I was really careful because you, you said um, honor is what love looks like. One of my favorite things that you say that, you know, uh, from day one, I've really tried my best and, and every day I've tried to adopt it into my life. But you say uh, honor looks like your uh, th- your words, your thoughts and your deeds. Yeah. And I think it's really easy to honor someone with your words or even your deeds. But sometimes it can be very hard to honor someone with your thoughts, to be able to take those thoughts captive. What would your advice be to everyone listening that um, how do you honor someone with your thoughts? Because, you know, sometimes your thoughts do kind of have a mind of their own they kind of go off a rabbit trail and and what does that look like for you well i I can give a practical example i remember one of the if i mention a name everybody will know who he is but Mm -hmm. to protect him i will not mention his name one of the most famous preachers in the world Uh, i was going to speak in the same event and conference Mm -hmm. with him And there was a lot of things people had said about him. There was even people demonstrating against this wow. guy. And But I also struggled. Struggled with some of the theology. Struggled with sometimes the way he treated people. So, But eventually when he came, I could even feel it's almost like this fear. Or Some people were in awe and yeah. the awesomeness. And, and I had never met him. But I realized there were several. I had a long list of things that would be so easy for me to dishonor. And I would have the right. There was a lot of these things that was correct of either what people have said, what I even observed myself. And I struggled with it. I've wrestled mm-hmm. because I know I was going to meet that person for the first time. So I went to my room mm-hmm. and I said, Papa God, when you are thinking about your son, yeah. what do you see? And I never forgot it. But the Holy Spirit says, son, I love the way, and he mentioned the name of this person. I know I love the way he is sensitive to my presence and to my spirit. Wow. And I started to tear up. I hadn't seen that about mm-hmm. this person. So when I ended up in the meeting, all I could think about, instead of even if there was 98 things that was issues about mm-hmm. him, I would focusing on those 2%. Those are the things the father has mm-hmm. the wow effect towards him. That's what he admires about him. Mm-hmm. And I started to lean my hearts and recognize that. And that gave me so much favor and even has included a friendship that happened when I'm able to see people the way Papa God sees people. That has been part of me when I struggle sometimes to see greatness in people. Mm-hmm. I ask Papa God because I have four children mm-hmm. and I could I could at this moment tell you about some of their weaknesses, some of the issues they're struggling with and, and we all can do that. Right. But if you're coming in and say, hey, what about Leif Emanuel? And I can tell you about what I honor the most about Leif Emanuel. I have that wow effect. What about Lila Ann? Oh, 
let me tell you about Laila Ann, and I will have the wow of it. I will not mention any weaknesses. I will focusing on in my words, but also my thoughts towards them. That's what I put in my mind towards, and then my action then towards what I honor. Words, thoughts, and deeds, that's what honor looks like. So I've decided to live a lifestyle, and so even theologically speaking, I may be around somebody that would be very different than me, that disagree, and even some of them, maybe theologically speaking, would say things about me and my view. Then again, I have to go back. When I'm healthy, I would say, Papa, when you are seeing that person, and then I would suddenly go to some of my evangelical and I say, well, I honor the way they honor your word. Mm-hmm. And they just want to be faithful to your word. Somebody else, oh, I honor the way they're faithful to your power. Another stream in Christianity, I say, wow, I just honor the way that these people are declaring your word. And they are seeing and saying and ceasing your word. So I'm finding the things that I can find a wow effect. And every single denomination, I can find something that I honor. Actually, I have never met a person. I cannot yet find something I can honor about them. And when I can find something to honor, I find something I can love. When I find something to love, life starts to flow. And at that moment, I start to be healthy because now those who are thirsty, they start to taste and drink and rivers will start to flow out of them. I, I love that because, you know, when you think, um, I, I think about what what does love look like in these different scenarios, especially if, what does love look like if someone takes you and they, they're bad mouthing you or they're you know they're taking your name they're driving it through the muck and the mud and and you hold that one piece of information that'll discredit everything they've ever said and will elevate you in the eyes of your peers what does love look like then love responds in silence because love does not dishonor and and so i, I do love that um i, I want to get to the theology portion I, I love what you were talking about there um when people are questioning, when, especially in the streams of leadership and, you know, like this person has bad theology or that person has that bad theology because we see that, right? Like we see, um, oh, you don't worship God the same way I do. And because of that, you're, or this person's message is inferior or this person's is superior. Um, I, the way I see that, it's a lot of how people are viewing God, right? It, it really view, uh, bases their theology. So if you are a very uh, um, a strict conservative like, uh, um, you know, like a Westboro Baptist kind of person where everyone is going to hell and, you know, they're out there picketing uh, people. That's, that's the view that they have of God. They view God as, as a God who is like just waiting for them to mess up so he can, he can punish them and send them to hell. So how would you say, you know, I, I know this Love Awakening book, it's all about love. How would you say we need to view the Father as not a stern and fault-finding, but an authoritative God. But how, how do we adjust our view of God so that we can love other people the way God loves us? Yeah, I think that for me, it's been very clear that any view of God mm-hmm. that does not look like Jesus, it is time to put a question mark. Hmm. Because Jesus is perfect theology. My friend Bill Johnson says, and I agree with it in the sense that Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So the majority of us, when we have a view of God, as you're saying that, that God is, because of his holiness, he cannot handle sin. That would be one of the statements that I used to say. And I believe that God is holy. Mm-hmm. So I'm not questioning his holiness because his holiness is love. But at the moment when I'm saying that God cannot handle sin, mm-hmm. so, he, so it means it is up to you. You have to be clean to take a bath. Mm-hmm. Meaning if you want a contact with that God, you need to do something. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the orphan world. You have to do something to have something to become something. Mm-hmm. So, but while Jesus is very different, sinners and tax collectors love coming to Jesus. 
And if he came to show us exactly how the Father is like, why do we have a view? And why doesn't sinners and the most unpopular people, the tax collector, love being around us? Just there, I know that there's love deficiency in our life. And if there's love deficiencies, there's God deficiency because God is love, 1 John 4, 16. So for me, that's the first measuring. It is just that I refuse to believe in a God that does not look like Jesus. Jesus is the picture and the image of what love looks like. A God that loved this world so much. It's a God that loved this world, not hated this world or hated the people so much that he actually sent Jesus so that the hatred he has towards these people. No, it was a God that loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten son. It was a son that loved this world so much that he was willing to leave heaven, to leave his father, to become sin so that we can become righteous, to become shame so that we are being glorified, to take our sickness and our disease so by his stripes we are healed. All the things that happened there on the cross is an expression of the Father love this is how much I love you look at my son and he didn't die on the cross to make you valuable he died on the cross because you are valuable you're very valuable to me and somehow the 90 some percent of the people out there have a view of God that does not look like Jesus and I know in my book seeing to heaven's eyes that was the whole purpose for us to get the proper view of God in this book I'm talking much more in the practicality of how both to receive that love, to become that love, so that we can become ambassadors of love and represent a king just like Jesus. Not the best that we can. We need to actually tapping into his kind of a love. And I cannot give something I didn't first receive from him. That's beautiful. I know... Um yeah, like having that correct view of how the Father sees you. So if if you were to if you were to tell our people from your theology, from what you've read and and all that you've studied, what is God's countenance, His facial expression towards His people, towards His children? That is that is very good because again, I I can just thinking about my four children, mm-hmm. and that's in that as a natural father. Wow, that's Lila calling. Mm-hmm. Well, here's Leif Emmanuel. Even when they mess up, I'm just giving you the natural response. Yeah. They cannot even compare to the Heavenly Fathers. But even when my kids are messed up and they're coming there, me as a father towards them, I'm not ashamed that they are my children. Nothing can separate them from my love towards them. There's absolutely nothing any one of my children can do to get me to love them more or less. That doesn't mean that I don't discipline the one that I love because that's what the father does. He disciplines the one that he loves. But the purpose of discipline is not punishment. It's not fear-based. It is love-based. The purpose there is just, uh, it's like he loves this flower so much that any of the weed, they're trying to stop that flower Mm -hmm. to blossoming. He removes away the weed because of the love he has for the flower. It's a whole different way of operating. So I know the thoughts that God has towards you. They are good, says the Lord. And that's even in the old covenant. The new is even better. So I know that wow effect. Oh, that's my son. That's my daughter. Before you have done anything. And the reason I know that is the father looked at Jesus. As I saying, Jesus was baptized in water. Heaven opened up. The dove came down. And then he was baptized in love with the father, with his countenance. was saying, this is my beloved son whom I love and whom I am well pleased. That's before he had done anything. And I think that if the average one of us could experiencing that love before we lay the hands on the sick, before we go out witness, before we go to work, to having that 
countenance with the Father that he loves me, he likes me, he delights in me, and he is well pleased with me, not based upon what I have done, but based upon what Jesus has done. And I'm in him and he is in me and the Father is well pleased with it. And that's why he sees the A plus in us. And now he's helping us to see ourselves the way that he sees us so that we can start to act the way that he acts towards us and then starts to act towards other people. That's what Jesus came to give us. And as a result of that, he also gave us the Holy Spirit. So this supernatural can become natural for us. I, I love that. I, I think that's one of those things um, that I'm anticipating for my personal life is becoming a father. So I can have a glimpse of exactly what you're talking about, that father's heart. of What does that mean to be able to look at your children and, and have that kind of unconditional love? Uh, I have two dogs that I discipline because I love them. But probably not the same. It is not the same. I have a dog too. It is not the same with a dog. But my dog is also growing in regard to my love and unconditional love for my little Suki. That's right. They they require a lot of it. Let's change pace just a little bit. I want to talk about uh, um, the orphan spirit and the tendencies of the orphan spirit. Uh, I come from an Asian culture, as you can tell. And and we're uh, especially in the culture. It's very Asian culture is very performance based. Uh, high achievers, the uh, um, self promotion, the uh, self protection, the self will. That's kind of a big uh, um, aspect of the culture that I'm in. And I would probably guess that a lot of uh, people who um, are just real out go getters uh, really do have that tendency. The story I think about in the Bible is Zacchaeus. You know, Jesus is coming in and, and he climbs up his little tree, right? And, and I think that's just a great picture of, uh, of just us and especially me uh, as kind of that his, uh, historical achiever is I'll climb that tree and as high as I can go just to get noticed by God, by my father saying, look, look how high I am. Mm. Look, maybe if I climb this tree, the proverbial tree of life, the higher I climb, the more I'll get noticed by God. You know, how do you, how do you guard your heart against self-promotion and, and just to want to be noticed and accepted by the Father? I think the starting point of all of that is mm-hmm. that I have an A-plus on my report card before I take the exam. I, if I can just have that as a starting point, if not, you will always live from measure instead of living from fullness. So I think that when I am healthy, and sometimes I'm not healthy, sometimes I'm because I'm also wired, uh, both of you, we're wired a little bit the same as achiever. So I came from that orphan tendency. So when I at least I've recognized the orphan heart, and I do, I have a chapter in the book about this, to be helped to going into the rude area. And it is often the tendency is, I do, then I have, then I become. Welcome to the orphan woe. So even I still remember the first time that after I received my baptism of love, I was sitting on the airplane. I was sitting on first class on British Airways. And I still remember I was sitting there by the side of somebody else that also, as we were taking off, had a bed on the plane. It was a beautiful privilege. And this person, he eventually was very polite, suit and tie. He loosened his tie and he said, hello. And he mentioned his name. And I said, my name. And the next thing he says, well, what do you do? And out of me, I had just had the experience of what I call the baptism of love that's in the book. I said, well, I'm a lover. He looked at me strange. Excuse me. I know you have an accent. He said, I don't think you understood my question. He said, what kind of a work do you do? And I didn't even think about it because it was like so natural. Well, I just receive love. I become love and I give love. 
He's like, I, I still don't think you understand. <laughs> and we ended up for about six hours talking. He's the vice president of a very large corporation. And we started to talking about it. Mm -hmm. But I just realized for me, that had become the new normal. It was just that, wow, I'm existing to be able to receive his love. Then become that love, go through the processes so I can love well. That's what the great commandment, you have all these rules and regulation out there until Jesus says, if you love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor as you love yourself. If you have that, you don't need to follow all these 600 and some other laws and rules right. and regulation. So for me personally speaking, I, I realize when I start to compete with somebody else, I realize I'm coming from an orphan heart. I realizing when I'm even having a comparison, wow, this person, he got so blessed, and what about me? And why did this person get healed and not me? Oh, I see there's some warning signs in that. Because in family, when love flows, when you get blessed, I get blessed because right. it is a family business. Orphans are often very individualistic. But we, as sons and daughters, we are family. When your stock goes up, my stock goes up because this is a family business. It's a whole different way of operating. So I think that that selfishness, selfless, I mean, selfish. And, uh, and even all of that tendency about me, 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 that's what the orphan is all about. And I want to be noticed by you, Father. I'm trying to do these things to get attention from you, Father. And they do the same in the workplace or wherever they're at. That orphan tendency that has to be cured by allowing the Father to come in and minister to some of those root area. And that's so much uh, dealing with a whole chapter of, first of all, receiving that love, but then going through the process for you to love you the way that he loves you. Mm -hmm. Then you can become healthy to start to love people unconditional because he loves you unconditional. So this is a practical thing, but it's a daily thing. That's part of why I believe this book can be part of the love awakening. It is not just always that you just get an encounter, but it's learning to letting a seed of love becoming a tree of love. So when you get squeezed in the middle of everything that's going on, what's come out of you is love. You squeeze an orange, and guess what's going to come on? Orange juice. You squeeze a lemon, and it's going to be lemon juice. You squeeze a son and daughter, and suddenly now love is going to come out. Mm -hmm. And that's perfect love will take away fear. I know that's one of the things that I consistently think about is, am I operating from love or for love? Yeah. And, and, and you know, on the outset, it could look the same, right? It's both serving. But one leaves me very frustrated, and one leaves me feeling, feeling fulfilled. You know, if I... Uh, um, if I serve my wife for love, I, I, I'm frustrated and I'm broke, you know, like, girl, I took you to Ruth Chris, you know, uh, just, you can get very frustrated. But if I'm serving for, uh, um, from a place of love, not for love, but from love, suddenly I can serve my wife all day and I don't burn out. I don't. And I think that's kind of one of the biggest uh, reasons for burnout is where are we serving from? And I think you just hit the nail on the head is, is where are we receiving that love from and how is it coming out? Because how can you pour out what you don't receive? Yeah, and, and what you will find is that when you feel that God's love towards you is conditional, you will meet people with conditional love. But when you realize that he is loving you with an unconditional love. Mm -hmm. and so I think that one of the biggest lessons I've learned in the school of love with Papa God has been that when I mess up, when I mess up, and we all mess up, then here's where I see is where maturity compared to immaturity is. I feel like, wow, he has turned away from me because he cannot handle my messes. And it's all up to me to fix it and get clean and get organized, get everything in right. And if everything is right, then God can turn back again towards me and we can connect mm -hmm. because love connects, fear disconnects. Love unites, fear divides. So then 
when I realized in Luke 15, while the prodigal, he was at his worst moment, he had not been cleaned up yet. He was still smelling like pig as he's eating food of the pigs. Wow. And then the father is looking, not looking away from him. He's looking towards him. The father was full of compassion. Then the father was running. This is before repentance. The father was running. Then the father embraced. And then the father kissed. And he kissed him over and over again. This is before he repented, before he had been clean. This became such a life-changing message to me. And then when he said, in the same way as I've loved you, you love one another. And that's how the world is going to be. So what people at the worst moment, do I look towards them or away from them? Am I full of compassion towards them? Am I running towards them or away from them? Or do I put on the walls, put on the fig leaves? There's enough electricity in this to kill me, but I don't feel anything when I touch it. Why? Because of all the insulation. And so many of us, we have so much insulation that we build around us and around our hearts. Walls around our heart. So love is not able to flow because we don't want to be hurt. And then hurt people hurts people. But remember, heal people brings healing to people. I love that with the, um, with the prodigal son and the father, the, how his love responded. The son's... Um, son goes right towards the uh, uh, achiever, right? Like he talks about his worth. I'm no longer worthy. worthy. Mm-hmm. And the father points him back to identity. Yeah. He says, you know, because you are not a son by your worth. You are son by birth. Yeah. You know, I love that. So as, as you're being squeezed, what's inside you comes out. And you can only release what you become. Correct. And that those are, that, those are the messages in your book. So I'm going to encourage everyone who's listening to this Buy two copies of this book. Let the first one come inside you so that you can become this message. And the second copy is what you release to other people. And, and I'm so excited for this, uh, the Love Awakening to be released on April 19th. Uh, we already have a copy of it here. <laughs> but uh, I, I think this is just such a timely message. Uh, just the perfect time and the perfect season for this book to go out. And this is going to be such a game changer for so many people. Yeah, I think there's just that my heart would be that the language of love mm-hmm. would be spoken in every marriage. It would be spoken to the children. Mm-hmm. It would be spoken in every business. It would be spoken in our school system. Mm-hmm. If we could just learn the language of love, which is the language the blind eyes can see and the deaf ears can hear. People don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. So I do believe this is my heart is to see this love awakening and taking place that is going to lead to mass repentance because it is the goodness and the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. And I do believe that every American, every Russian, every Ukrainian, everyone in the world, they they deserve to experiencing a God just like Jesus. And I do believe that Jesus is perfect theology. And I think that what God is inviting us to in this season, just like Jesus, to be able to show the world a God that looks just like him and to have an encounter with that God so that we can become love. Mm-hmm. And eventually so we can fill this world with his love because there's a God that loves this world. And I want to love the same world that God loves with the love that God has for this world. And that's including difficult peoples too. That is part of the world that God loves so much that he will give his only begotten son. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, we don't want to give away too much. <laughs> we want people to have this book. Um, but we're, this book, again, is being released on April 19th. If you want to learn more and get a sneak peek at the first three chapters of this book, go to loveawakening.com and you can sign up for updates. You'll get three 
chapters for absolutely free. And remember to pre-register, pre-order the book and do an order too. You know, share it with your friends. As you receive the upgrade, help others receive that as well. Well, thank you so much, Lee. My joy. Love you. Love you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, you can follow Leif on social media at Leif Hetland and sign up for our weekly newsletter at globalmissionawareness.com.